0: is now being recorded
1: Welcome to the V2V podcast episode number 20 Today I'm talking with Tracy Dick about caves snails and bananas Welcome hello. to the show Hello Thank hello you.
0: happy to be here
1: Yeah so um these are three things that people wouldn't naturally kind of associate with each other uh, caves, snails, and bananas.
0: Correct, so, but there are always banana slugs, which I think people tend to think of a lot when thinking of slugs, because they're very common.
1: And not only that, but uh, back in the mid-80s, um, the uh, University of uh, California in Santa Cruz Adopted uh, the banana slug as their mascot.
0: Bless them, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, they don't have SoCal. at the time they didn't have any sports team. They they, they may have added badminton perhaps, but um, they didn't have a mascot uh, like the like UCLA is a bear, you know. Um, and I I don't know what the other mascots are in the University of California system are generally, but. Uh, so it was voted on by the student that a banana slug would be their mascot because they're quite ubiquitous in, in the area in the coastal uh, section of California there in um, at uh, in Santa Cruz. So yes, and Santa um, Cruz is
0: central California, coastal.
1: Santa Cruz is like southern northern California. If that's the thing. Okay.
0: Mhm.
1: It's uh, below San Francisco. Um, I know uh, there is uh, another near the Redwoods, I believe.
0: I know there was a little project going (laughs) on with the Natural History Museum down in SoCal called the Slime Project where they had a thing called the Snail Blitz going on and there's an app that you can take photos of different plant and animal life and send it in and it'll tell you a little more about it. And um, they were trying to find some more sinistral snails, which is kind of like a left-coiled snail like a, the equivalent to a left-handed snail, where the snail... Are they, from,
1: are they from down under? Well,
0: we have snails all and slugs all over the place, but these particular snails... We're trying to um, pass on this sinistrality, the left-handed um, characteristic in this slug, Um, because it's kind of like a reproductive, isolative type thing. And it almost automatically, if they were to breed, they would kind of automatically create a new species of slug just right then and there, which we don't really see a lot of that instant evolution kind of thing. So it was a big deal for them to try to find another left-coiled snail to breed with so that they could kind of witness that um, evolution happen right there in front of their eyes. They're very, very diverse. the the gastropods are kind of mollusks and mollusks. Right. Mollusks kind of appeared in about five hundred and forty million years ago during the Cambrian period. And it's a long time ago. Um it is a long time ago. The gastropod is a kind of mollusk. Um and snails and slugs make up um eighty percent of that classified species and uh, mollusks themselves make up about One quarter of all marine organisms that we know of, um, including cephalopods and squids, um, which are the most neurologically developed of all marine life, and, um, again, very diverse. So they're all over the place, in the ocean and on land, and some that can
1: live in both places. Right. Some uh, snails and slugs have uh, lungs, and some have gills. And uh, that's that's interesting. That's um... it
0: is interesting. And another thing on that is that because it's so diverse and they can do so many different things, you'll find marine slugs with and snails with lungs, and you'll find terrestrial snails and slugs with gills, which is kind of counterintuitive, but it happens. There are um, a few different. There are three kind of characteristics that qualify something um, as a a gastropod, or actually a, a mollusk, too,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, that has to do with their mantle having a, um, a big enough cavity to breathe, so to have lungs or the gills to take air in and also produce their secretions, and then right. they are going to have the, the radula, which is kind of the equivalent to the tongue, and then also a nervous system. So as long as they have those three things, the the mantle with the cavity, the good for breathing and secretions and their little they're the which is like a tongue and a nervous system then they can be uh, a mollusk and everything else from there, I mean, you're gonna have all sorts of crazy different characteristics.
1: Right. So um what's interesting I just kind of found out today is that is that these gastropods, they are all um they all can be called um Snails. I love uh, although snail. Although, um, snails without shells are, are slugs, and I didn't know this at all, um, gastropods that can't um, withdraw into their shells are called limpets.
0: Love it. Also yeah, sometimes like, known are? as semi-snails. Just is they, um, they have so many fun little features, and it varies from uh, species to species. And mm-hmm. um, so I mentioned the radula earlier, which is kind of um, like the equivalent of a tongue, but they're, something special about them is that they're covered in teeth. They don't really chew. They, they more like scrape and slice, um, but some of them are split like how you've seen humans with the spiced tongue, the body modification rage of the late 90s, early 2000s. Familiar? Right.
1: Some of them have oh, the yeah. two,
0: and some of them just have one. And some of them have, like, bendable teeth that bend with the tongue, and some of them, the tongue is also the tooth. It's like its own thing. And um it really depends on what what environment that snail lives in or slug. And... Right. um what is the most abundant thing to eat? That will determine what their their randula looks like, and um, it's kind of made up of a material. It's a, um, it is a. You're gonna have to edit this, buddy. Do my best. Oh
1: no, we can we can fill in the gaps with all kinds of Kay. interesting information and filler, like I'm gonna like go what I'm doing right now. Cool. I'm sure you're going to so, tell us something very interesting about the, uh, the snail m- uh, mouth.
0: The the randula, yes. They're made no, of a long-chain long chain polymer that's um, derived of glucose, and it's the primary component of cells that you're going to see in um, the the walls of, like, fungus and insect wings and fish scales and even a little cephalopod beak, which is fun because that's also kind of gastro- a gastropod, but a mollusk. Right. And, um, yeah, this material, it's awesome. And, um, they eat on some pretty interesting things. And, um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the, some of the predatory marine snails.
1: Oh, my like, gosh. This sounds yeah, kind of, it's kind of get scary a little bit. It like is,
0: definitely.
1: I a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah, about so.
1: These predatory marine snails.
0: One of them, um, it uses its. <laughs> um <laughs> radula and an acidic secretion to bore through the shell of the prey. No, And yes, it's just it's really quite something to see. And the we have other kinds that use their tongues as like little venomous harpoons. What? And yep. And then the, the nudie branch is a little bit, it's still a gastropod but it's not quite the same as like your traditional marine slug. Um, uh-huh. It will feed on um, coral reefs and um, actually suck the life and the poison out of it, which it's immune. It's immune to it. and But it'll store it in its body so that if one of its predators comes along it'll taste bad and it will spit it out. And not so be this injured. guy, he
1: extracts the poison from another creature, stores it, but he also, and so, so he when, also,
0: he stores it, but he also uses the nutrients from it. So, it doesn't oh, hurt definitely. him. It, it's like his, his, you know, his magic
1: ability. Right, he's got a little, like, magic bag of tricks that, uh, yes. oh, don't, and then, uh, did the other animals at some point realize, like, oh, don't eat that guy. He's got a little yes. poison pouch. That's
0: one method, but they actually have a lot of different defense mechanisms that they've evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. And um, color, as you were speaking earlier, um, before we started recording about um, the camouflage that different mollusks use.
1: Oh, right.
0: um, We were also talking about the... Cave slu- um, snail and
1: the cave snail. I'm looking that, at it right now. That's so crazy. Yeah, I'd love
0: to hear some more about the cave snail.
1: Now, like what? What?
0: How in the world uh, Cave dwelling
1: animal, name? like a a cave dwelling animal, typically be called um Troglo being the, the scientific word for cave. Um, or yes, a, like a
0: troglobite. Someone who might live in a <laughs>
1: Someone who is
0: enthusiastic well, about living in a cave. A troglobite
1: is a is a permanent cave dweller, not a dite, A, a bite, troglobite. Um, troglodyte would be like a caveman type. Okay. Um like I but we're might talking about. in there
0: and eat in there, but I don't. I'm not a salamander who's been here.
1: Right. So I'm we're talking about um, this microscopic cave snail. It's not actually microscopic. It, it's uh, it's about uh, about two millimeters tall. You it's right. very tiny. Yeah,
0: and then and
1: one, and about right one millimeter wide, and uh, has five to six worlds with a cone on top. Which yeah. is all that's all very cool, but he's also completely um, translucent, like Maybe his shell and a his little body. The shell you can totally see the guts. I'm looking at the picture That's right awesome. now which I will I will put up uh on the video of our little friend uh Zospium Philossum and he, he can be found um in incredibly deep deep under the ground, like um half a mile to a mile under the ground in, in the cave systems in um Croatia.
0: Yeah. And he's completely the,
1: blind. This guy's like totally blind. Lives kind of in the mud. Um, like the muddy banks of, of the like cave ponds and whatnot. And just kind of floats around and we're not even sure a little what he eats.
0: Thing. Yeah. Probably some thinking. sort of microalgae you'd think. But it'd have to be pretty small for uh their small little mouths.
1: Right um they uh they have a, obviously a very limited food supply and are extremely energy efficient thus they don't move around a lot but they eat That's right um,
0: they're slow little fellows
1: eat rotten twigs leaves um bacteria um
0: I I did want to mention something about snails I know that there's sometimes a misconception that um they
1: move That's as a, they, a delicacy for them Go ahead. Oh, yes. Delicious. Um, but <laughs> right.
0: snails do not um, switch shells. That's a hermit crab thing. They find them and they're not their shells, but snail shells grow with snails.
1: That Very is nice. true. That is true. Yes. Uh, and, not...
0: and your little fella there, the the, the Croatian cave dwelling uh, what was it? Zaspium
1: uh, Zaspium Colossum. Colossum. Yes.
0: Colossum. Yes. Um, yes. Is also blind as It's a, it's as a, a bigger, bat.
1: bigger name, right. We mentioned yes. that. He, his mm-hmm. name is bigger than than the snail, actually. You um, wouldn't. He sounds it like a big much, name, but it's the it same snail.
0: So I was reading that snails, though they they can't. This guy can't see. Most of them can see if they don't live in a cave. They, they can't hear. They don't have ears. But going back to the nudie branches, I found mm-hmm. a study by a guy who says they made a sound, which I thought was really fascinating. Oh, wow. Can, yeah. Um, he says it kind of sounds there like is. a watch, and it comes out of their mouth, and you can see their mouth move, and they make like a little ticking sound. And if you had one in your apartment, you could hear it from 12 feet away.
1: What are they saying?
0: They are – maybe they're – it's like the equivalent of a whale song in, in Gastropada fascinating, though. And, but the Nudie branches, not only are they super cute, but they have um, more symmetry to them, which the um, typical snails, externally at least, they do not have that same symmetry. No,
1: they're pretty asymmetrical, except when it comes to uh, their their buddies, uh, the slugs, who uh, mm, are pretty symmetrical, generally. You know, this one long cube of, of a little guy
0: that's my uh, experience as well with the uh the slug friends, these shellless snails, if you will
1: some mm. slugs have shells by the way they look like they're, mm. they're usually really tiny and they just kind of sit on their back like a like a little hat
0: kind of that's
1: <laughs> beautiful. I
0: would like to see more of that
1: um, I think i will find uh maybe I'll find some pictures of a little shelled slugs and include them along with... I think with, that's a uh, great idea. Because, I, I mean, how cute would that be?
0: The cutest. Um, Almost as cute as what we've been seeing lately. I know it's kind of been a little, kind of making this little viral reruns around the internet right now, the uh, African land snail that people seem to be really enthusiastic about. <laughs> but... um, oh, I don't yes. hear a lot about the syrinx aureus Arianus, sorry, uh not quite sure which is that pronunciation, but they can get up to thirty five inches and up to forty pounds. That's and a big snail. these it is, and they are uh marines and um it's kind of interesting in the some of the indigenous tribes in Queensland, Australia will use um a part of its shell called the Enina as a nose pin, it's kind of a half moon-shaped nose pin for the septum, and Uh um, the men there will use it, and um, throughout human history, shelled gastropoda have been um, really integral to different um, industries, so non-industrialized tribes uh, will use their, the shells as currency, and then, of course, we have the more developed use of pearls as jewelry and mother of pearl, of course. And then there's also something called, which I actually just learned about today, called sea milk, which is a kind hmm. of fabric that's harvested from a Mediterranean gastropoda and used for like really high-fluid things like oh gloves wow. and like kid gloves and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, and then, of course, the classic French unes cargo in which a nice little buttery wine sauce with some mushrooms and fresh bread, tasty wow. snack.
1: I think snails just don't get enough credit. Like no, you know, they're they're slow moving, but they're not. They're far from boring.
0: No, yeah, they're definitely they're not so.
1: Some they're glowing snails. Mm,
0: like a bioluminescence.
1: There are ar- <clears throat> armored snails. They had some snails that oh. have really lavish shells, like kind of what you were talking about, it's regarding like, uh, jewelry. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of course, the uh, transparent snails that we were discussing are little cave dweller guys, little, little
0: ghostly cave snails,
1: and even snails that can kill you. Ooh!
0: Um,
1: there was some article that I came across. I forget where, but. um some kid ate a slug and became paralyzed because of neurotoxin oh. in the slug. So, kind of uh, um, going along the lines of your, we were talking about before about parasites. Um, right. The, the yeah,
0: parasite. this is interesting. So the brain on a, a slug or a snail is actually wrapped around its esophagus. It's just kind of a funny place for it. But sometimes they will become infested with a parasite, which is actually more common than not in snails, but the snail and the parasite are more symbiotic. The main function of the parasite being okay with the snail living in it is that when a predator eats the snail, which is going to be like a, a salamander, a frog, or a, a mouse, or a rat, they're kind of more their predators and some birds, then that animal will become infected and inhibited by the the parasite. So lots to look out on. There are certain toxicities that have been used in um, neurological research, even. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's spicy, spicy little animalia we've got very on our spicy. hands. With the,
1: they're very, they really they're are very yeah. spicy. You, you know, oh, you know what we might you know. know what we might be doing by talking about uh, these guys is, and get ready for it. We may, in fact, be rustling. Jimmy, right I think now. you might be right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I actually. There may be people who are like, "Oh no, you're talking about like, like gross snails. They're eating oh, like tomatoes." Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you know. There's, but so a and that may be true. Too, that may but be true. Are But there are many snails, and some snails are definitely our friends. Oh, indeed. It, but, like as you said, you're not opposed to eating them, too, like, you know, if the, if the right sale comes along with a little yes. butter and wine sauce.
0: Yes, and escargot. Delicious. I have actually had it, and the restaurant that served it, called Milford, the fish house, has recently closed down, so I'm unfortunately not going to be able to have that anytime soon. I don't think... No anywhere else i've I've seen it anywhere else on the menus um but um you know it's it's
1: definitely a delicacy for sure
0: we know that those ones are safe but i do just kind of want to throw a little disclaimer out here is that you just can't go around eating any snail or slug that you find because they do have unpredictable parasites and toxicity that, that you are probably not going to um yeah. Unless you're like probably a malacologist kind of person that right. studies these, you're not probably going to want to try that out at home.
1: No, Just it's kind of like, like going around the forest and eating uh, random mushrooms. Not a good idea. Yeah, you don't, don't do, don't do it. that. So you know, we we mentioned caves because of our little little uh, translucent sure. cave guy. He's he's the coolest, I think. I, um, and of course, we're talking about gastropods, snails, and slugs specifically. But we haven't really <laughs> approached the other topic, which is, is um, bananas. Now, and the reason the reason it comes up is because snails generally are omnivores. They like. Um, they're, I mean, they're, they're snails, they're, there are carnivorous snails. There are. There are snails that like fresh uh, fruit and and leaves. There are snails that like uh, rotten stuff. Um, There are actually kind of everything in between.
0: I I do just want to mention the cannibalistic uh, nudie (laughs) branches that do exist as well. Because, I mean, these guys very few limits to what they're capable of. But yes,
1: continue. Yeah, you've got to give them credit. um, Oh yeah,
0: they're underrated. Um,
1: Absolutely. So you were mentioning earlier the... um, the giant African land snail, and mm, yes. in some of my research, I, I was, for whatever reason, you know, the, the topic just came up. These three things, and I, so I, I started looking for a, a a snail that lives in a cave that eats bananas, and the uh, the African land snail kind of meets all those requirements. Like they don't generally live in caves, but they could. And and I'm sure that some do. Um, they are indeed snails. The biggest snails. They are they can live up to ten years and they are um quite large. Um
0: I've yeah, I've seen the I love that photo that's kind of been going around of the the snail in the person's hand. It just looks like a the sweetest little pet.
1: Yeah, they're they're really awesome and they can they can be up to eight inches long and uh, Weigh about um, about an ounce, so it's a heavy snail. It is a heavy snail. So, um, and then, voila! I found I found footage of a giant African land snail, perhaps eating? coming out of a cave, perhaps not eating bananas. Uh,
0: banana, yes, banana. and so bananas are a good snack for an omnivorous. Um, snail. They have a lot of sure. nutrients. They're all over the place. All sorts of different kinds of bananas everywhere. Maybe not everywhere, but where snails are,
1: They're, there will and be they, bananas. they, they do, do exist together.
0: Intersectional. Um, <laughs> I was uh, somebody has a, a pet snail, and it, by the time that it had um, grown, quadrupled in size, um, it had gotten out of its enclosure and started eating this guy's banana tree.
1: Oh, oh, wow. So, yeah, you've got, like, anecdotal evidence, too. That's yeah. amazing. and so, and so that's not,
0: that's not in nature, but the thing with snails is that they are, high, and slugs, is that they are highly adaptive, and the, the rindula is going to kind of model itself after whatever is the most abundant. So, if you had some, if you had two sinistral slash left-handed snails, and you and you fed them nothing but bananas, pretty soon you are going to have a new species. You're going to have a snail that is um, going to produce more sinistral snail offspring, which is usually in the form of eggs, and mm-hmm. um, I'd be interested to see what a snail's um, mouth and kind of Tooth-covered tongue would uh, turn out to look like after a few years of eating just bananas.
1: Right, but you know what? We can't and put it in a
0: cave and
1: (laughs) can't do it here, though, in the United States, at least not.
0: Well, I'm bouncing,
1: I'm bouncing back to for whatever reason. I'm bouncing back from the giant African land snail, but those are um, they're actually illegal. Because like, that would be the one to do it with. Like,
0: Is it like I a poached thing? It's kind of like a... Well, see, I'd like to... I think that in theory, if we were going to kind of do a full experiment, it'd be fun to take snails from all over the place and see what happens if you could find oh, sure. two sinistral snails. And gender doesn't matter mm-hmm. because they have both sets of sexual organs, so they right. um, can... You don't have to worry about that. Uh, I think that whether I or not they like each fun. other
1: something like you take into consideration. They might meet each other.
0: yeah, they might said, not said, like each other, yeah.
1: but um yeah, that would be saying they do saying you
0: it. do, and you have like a cool little lab where you have your little your contained environments for each um sinistral because 'cause we're trying, what we're trying to do here is create cave dwelling snails that um eat bananas. <laughs> and maybe you are left-handed, and maybe there's no light here, and maybe we can actually um, evolve a snail to be a left-handed, banana-eating snail that has a translucent shell. So we keep it in the dark, feed it nothing but bananas, and introduce it only to other sinistral snails. And, um, I mean, you could experiment all day long, but definitely not condoning that. This is all hypothetical. I'm not that's super interesting i don't I don't, know if
1: I, I don't know if i'm in the condone your sanitary eugenics program here it, it <laughs> sounds like
0: i'm just saying <laughs> it in just theory sounds a little it, would
1: because what I'm saying. it would work i'm
0: not trying to you know change the finch population in the galapagos islands or anything like that it's just that in theory the way that they work um these uh the traits that they pass on and how quickly they'll right. do it it's not really if the genes are right and the timing is right and the environment and everything is kind of right, you're going to get a reproductive isolation, and it's going to quickly create uh, – it's a quick way to create a new
1: species, really. Sure. You're not advocating to, like, like pull a switcheroo on all the finches on the Galapagos and, like, you know, change their islands around so they can't eat. <laughs> like, this, the small beaked finches are, like, have big holes to, like, get their food out of. And the and then the the long big finches True. their beaks are too like pointy to like grab the bugs off the ground or something. No, that's no. I get it. No, You're not I'm not trying to me.
0: play God. I'm not trying to play Darwin. Good. I'm not trying to play um, <laughs> finch swap. I'm, I just finch like swap. the idea that they are kind of an adaptive and diverse wonder Mm. of this of this planet and sure you're going to find them everywhere and they're they're really underrated i know that some people out there do have snail and slug phobias and it's probably because you have an asshole older brother or something that tortured you if you could look past that and maybe try to look at them in a new light learn a thing or two from the snails i think you'd probably be better for it in the long run
1: right
0: save our snails you know. SOS save our
1: snails and, and, and um, give you know what give a snail a banana every once in a while and, give a
0: snail a banana
1: and and to the cave. cave.
0: Um, if anybody <laughs> lives in the Midwest or in the Ozark region, there are over five thousand caves. I'm not saying you should just wander into any cave aimlessly, but there are some. Um, that you can even drive through. The only one that I know that you can drive through in North America is called Fantastic Caverns (laughs) in Springfield, Missouri. Mm. And um, the prices back in the late 90s were very affordable. Take your family. It's about 50 degrees in there, so bring a light jacket.
1: But enjoy
0: the cave. Yeah. you know that a cave
1: cave is is defined um, as a hole big enough for a person to go into?
0: Well, that really just, just opens hole. up so <laughs> many point. possibilities on your hike next time you go.
1: Sure, explore a cave safely. Um, you know, uh, bring a bring a friend. Don't go alone. Don't, don't do go alone.
0: If you've ever read no. any Mark Twain, a Missouri fellow, he um, he writes about caves a lot in his books, and and the Civil War a lot of times. People would hide out in caves, and there's just endless history and mystery in in caves.
1: Oh, um, it's a whole new world, like that that we're discovering like all the time. Um,
0: all your little salamanders the, uh, and your bats. crystal
1: caves in Mexico that you can't go into because you'll die. Or underwater die.
0: caves that that are like in the ocean but have fresh water flowing through them. What is that?
1: That's amazing. amazing. That's incredible. I bet there's snails down there.
0: Oh yeah, I mean we already know about the tumbling. Well, we know about the little ghostly Croatian snail, but right. um, have we talked about the tumbling creek snail yet? Or
1: no, we have not talked about the tumbling. We? What a great name for a snail!
0: You know, I I agree, and and I would like to, I would like to know if the tumbling creek snail does what the Croatian cave snail does. Is that it kind of kind of passively gets moved along by the streams of the water? You'd think that that might be something that goes on. Because yeah, they're he not might going to tumble like along. around.
1: Yeah. Right. They mm-hmm. just tumble around in the tumbling. Um, uh,
0: their shells are made out of calcium carbonate, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken.
1: Which is carbonate. Pretty tough oh, material. Hold on a second. Pause here. Hold sure. on. Carb- yes. Carbonate. Calcium is different than carbonite. carbon. Carbonite is, isn't a thing. Carbonite, carbonite. is what Hans Solo was frozen in. Like so that would be really cool if if the snail shell was made out of carbonite.
0: We should look it up because I, <laughs> I don't, don't want to say the now. wrong thing. Okay. Um,
1: well, um, I might
0: have it written down as well. But
1: let's, this is let's the kind of uh, thing I, I should have. Quick look up.
0: should have also right. done a disclaimer. We're not experts. But we're enthusiasts, so our knowledge is um, approximate on on some things. We can't – I'm not going to tell you okay. to write a paper on this based on what okay. I say, but feel free to fact check
1: to let me know what you come up film. with. Okay. Uh, carbonate is a salt of carbonic acid, H2CO3. So hydrogen, ad- two hydrogen atoms, the carbon atom, and three oxygen atoms. And that and that creates a carbonate. Um, and they are uh Yes, you can you can make a snail shell out of that stuff for sure. All
0: right. Carbonite. Oh, that's on the, the other carbonite. Hand. See I have carbonate. I have calcium carbonite written down. So this is something that our listeners are gonna are ha- maybe <clears throat> do a small follow up. Let us know. Oh.
1: Okay, so what? carbonite this is carbonite is um an explosive it's a it's a, it's a coal mining explosive
0: which um, if we we're in a mine, we're basically in a cave, and there might be snails there-
1: car, uh, carbonite ion is an inorganic anion that forms conjugate base of dihydro methyl with a chemical formula of c o two. Mm, wow McCoy. that's really complicated uh, Carbonite yes. is an online backup service also
0: oh yes I've heard about this Carbonite uh, I've, I've heard Carbonite um, referenced by sponsors for bigger podcasts with sponsorships so I mean you know if
1: this, we needed this B2B podcast is not sponsored by Carbonite. we're
0: not going to um, sponsor it for free but if you know anybody that's interested in sponsoring us, I wouldn't uh, be
1: surprised. Carbonite is also a fictional substance from Star Wars, most notably mm-hmm. used to imprison Han Solo. Han Solo, in the indeed. The Empire's Sex Back. Do you say Han Solo or do you say Han Solo?
0: I say Han.
1: Yeah, me too. It seems cool. in cooler. Spanish
0: and um, in Japanese and in Hawaiian, all these, the A makes an, an A sound, So Since it's yeah. Orlando. Oh uh land, Lando. Not not ours. I kind of uh, apply a more general uh, vowel. More so
1: right. So you have Han Solo but then his buddy static. is his buddy is Lando though, not Londo. Lando. Lando. Lando Calrissian. Calrissian. She's Lando though. But he, I've heard both. I, I but think, see, uh, you
0: have you have a vowel at the end of the of Lando, and so that is going to absorb or um, dictate the sound of the second vowel, the a, to give it the softer or the the harder rather in this case the Lando. Uh, it's
1: well it, it's in, it's Spanish, though, in Spanish, so there in Spanish, how, it how you would say it, Lando. Lando. L- Lando Calrissian. Fine.
0: I mean, really, the name sounds great both ways. Lando.
1: I, yeah. And and like
0: Han, Han Solo. Han Solo. Sure. Han. I mean, you know, it kind of sounds like Ham, which is fun because mm-hmm. I I did want to bring up this. We were talking about how to classify a um, a mollusk, and it had these kind of three vague things that. We're static, and there are even irregularities with that when it comes to um, certain mollusks that live on thermal ventilators in the deep ocean. But uh, an acronym that is used to depict the characteristics in like textbooks and stuff is Ham, which stands for um, Hypothetical Ancestral
1: Mollusk, which is like kind of amazing. It is, yeah. How did and we get? How did we get there? That's that's all about. You kind of we
0: got to just you got to flip it and reverse it. You know, you got to yeah. bring it back around. Make the circle.
1: Oh, by the way, full. when you're exploring caves in in southwestern Missouri, yes, you will in fact probably not see a tumbling uh, creek snail, but they'll be there. They're oh, very are they tiny. that
0: small?
1: Are they now, smaller, Are they? They're smaller. Then the, so other the one.
0: Croatian ghostly cave Cro-
1: his Croatian cousin. They now are they
0: translucent?
1: Oh, they're about the same size, I guess. No, they're white. Oh,
0: okay. They're okay, two, so millimeters,
1: they're two millimeters wide and about one millimeter tall. Um, so, yeah, they're about the same size, but they're also blind. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Small, conical, well-rounded, and pale yellow. They're white.
0: And how many worlds do they have? A whorls is a
1: they have external coil that you They have see. an average of three and a half whorls, as opposed oh, okay,
0: to. Okay, so it's a little bit smaller than the Croatian. A little bit female.
1: smaller. It doesn't have a nice dome on top either, like the Croatian guy, which but I maybe guess is that, Cyrillic. You think it does have?
0: It does have to do with age too, because the the True. size and the whorls are going to influence um, its age, or rather, its age will influence the size of its whorls.
1: He's a troglobite. He I lives in that. caves. Yeah, and that's pretty great. He's an aquatic troglobite, and um, he's a uh, he's a little dude. He's blind. He uh, kind of rolls or he tumbles, actually. He, he tumbles, yeah. Know. And
0: and now you were mentioning earlier something about bats and.
1: Um I think
0: we're we're kind of at this point now where we're trying to determine if the bat just picks the snail up and moves it or if it eats it and then poops it out and that's kind of how it, it gets around like a seed would with a bird or a bat
1: I think um, they're so small that they're accidentally picked up
0: Yeah and, okay uh, kind of like
1: probably uh, probably often eaten Again, probably accidentally. But
0: Because if they can I've, seal themselves up, you think that they'd be safe with their um calcium carbonate shell uh, against right. the the acidity of the guano. True. Depending That's on true. its region and diet.
1: So but, yeah. they get oh, around, they an, do. Another very interesting thing about uh, bats is that um bats uh can develop a, a fungus on their nose Called white oh, nose. I've
0: heard about these. It's a very east coast thing, like Maine and upstate New York, correct? Right. You
1: yeah, and, but getting back, going like almost full full circle again, back to bananas. There's a uh, fruit There's bat? a bacteria. There's a bacteria oh. that lives in bananas that can, that eats that fungus and cures white nose.
0: Amazing, kind of like a nice yeah. little symbiotic, uh, holistic approach.
1: Well, it, it is interesting because uh, bats don't eat bananas. Like they don't really no. care about bananas whatsoever. But but bananas saved the bats.
0: Um, I know Pardon. that bananas are. It's it's dangerous when we get on the the, the what are they called the Cavanaugh
1: no cavanish Cavendish, Those are the yes. common ones, right? Yes. Those are the ones, the ones where,
0: anything. when we do the like mono farming, like, um, and we are more in danger when we grow like that. And talking about farming and the banana culture and everything, and why people get all, you know, people are very divided about genetically modified fruits because some people sure. think it doesn't matter, and some people think they don't understand the agricultural and cultural um, implications of farming and how it's dangerous to have only one kind of something because it can become infested with insects or fungi or any number of right. things and then right. um, it gets spread through the whole crop and then everybody, all, they all die and then there's no farm season and people don't, they don't get a work and they don't get money and it's all just, just kind of like Strange, invisible culture to the masses. And bananas themselves are kind of a mystery because um, some people, I really like watching <clears throat> the videos online where like the the super duper creationalists kind of talk about oh,
1: no, not that the
0: perfect fruit being the banana. And it's like, buddy, no, have you ever read a book, ever, that was like not the Bible or something? No, no offense to anybody. In their no, beliefs, I, I know
1: exactly what you're talking about, and uh, it's kind of like, oh, uh, look
0: at this perfect piece of fruit made by God. It's like, buddy, no, that's not how it happens. Kent, you got to check it out.
1: Kent Hovind, is his name. They're,
0: they're, okay, partnered up with
1: uh partnered up with uh, our, our buddy, Sounds like um,
0: someone that would hang out with Ken Ham. Back to Ham again.
1: Oh, back to where do we do we come from? Oh, Ham, right? There was came, a Ham.
0: It's it's um.
1: We're about to go Hans ham man, on that one.
0: A food that, um, there's there's a movie that has been appropriated. a Hans Christian Andersen movie appropriated by
1: Hans Ione again. Ducky.
0: I'm sure you've all heard of it,
1: but Hans, Hans, Hans quite, Hans. quite close. Hans, yes. And Hans. see there, you
0: have you have your, your um.
1: The callback to Mr. Solo.
0: Kind of, but they're not from the they, same place.
1: No, <laughs> they're not. One is cool. from a galaxy Thanks. far, far away.
0: Yes, whereas Hans Christian Andersen, I think, is... Per- oh, man, I'm going to get this wrong. Danish? English? Is he from the uh, Netherlands? Sure. Like Karan and Sure. That sounds good. Let's stick... Because Hans, it's very Germanic. Yes. Okay. You would know.
1: Okay. I, so, I don't know. But you know what? what? You know what I have? I have the power of the Internet. He's Danish.
0: Beautiful. Uh, I was right the first time. Imagine. It's the
1: the Anderson is is what gets uh-huh. gets you there. Yeah.
0: So, well, I like this <laughs> this adaptation by Hayao Miyazaki. It's called Ponyo. I'm sure you've all seen it. The uh, American version has Tina Fey as the mom of the child who finds Ponyo, who is the equivalent of the Little Mermaid, only. Mm. Um, for a portion is kind of represented as a little fish and he feeds her ham in one of the scenes and uh she kind of reminds me of a nudie branch because she's just this little not quite sluggish but, but not quite fish, a little bit of a human thing, extra cute, kinda anthropomorphized, um uh-huh. beyond. Um and just so <laughs> cute. When when Ponyo eats ham, I'm just telling you folks, if you haven't seen it, there you go. Small tangents.
1: Yes. Uh it, it all it all uh is a part of this uh this whole thing that we're doing. It's uh it's I'm fascinated Everything I, is connected. I, hope it, uh, I mean, I you hope can, re- you else can is listening.
0: You can connect anything with ease if you just sit down for a few minutes and draw some lines, connect some dots. All right. It's all interconnected. <laughs> That's the magic of being an Earthling conscious here—it's—it's it's really good time. You can, you can throw your television away and never watch it again. Never be bored if you can just
1: hang out and uh, connect dots and, and and listen to the V to V podcast with uh, Aurelius and our guest today, uh, Tracy Dick, talking about and, uh, caves or well snails. Caves, and Bananas, and Bats, and Han Solo. In in no particular Um, order, but
0: I promise you it's all connected, man. It's all connected. And
1: And, uh, other people. I think we're going to wrap it up. uh, Indeed. Because uh, I I don't know if I could even go on any further without getting into uh, subjects like Occupy. Go ahead. Oh goodness. We can't talk o- about I the
0: octopuses did, right
1: now. Did I say I said occupy? that's so horrible. That's not even no. a word.
0: You know, colloquially it is accepted, but it is not the um it's not on the forefront of the scientific terminology when we're talking about the collective
1: octopuses. But I can't just say cacti though, right?
0: Oh cacti yeah. Is,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that, I, that is it, the word. But
0: before octopuses. we wrap it up, I just I did want to leave a a small little tale that I thought was kind of fun.
1: Oh, please. Um
0: do. We were talking about the African um, land snail, and we were talking about the 35-inch, 40-pound Australian marine snail. And um, I really wanted to mention my favorite large snail that – well, it was my favorite, and now I have a little kind of mixed feelings on it. It's the 40-foot pink snail from the 1967 film Dr. Doolittle. Um, unfortunately, at this time in the Caribbean, the locals of the village, um, where they were filming, um, had just kind of gotten over a, an illness, a gastrointestinal illness that had been caused by freshwater snails. And then here comes this giant 40 foot snail, kind of like a, a, an insulting reminder to their, their ill, their ailment. And, um, so they threw rocks at it. And after the filming, they took it out into the Caribbean and they sunk it. But part of it washed back up into these mangroves and fifty years later, uh one of the people, um, that was a kid, a three year old actually when it was being filmed, um, went on a little journey and he went and found it in the mangrove and he brought it back to one of the local restaurants and there the fiberglass snail shell portion hangs on the wall of the restaurant called Doolittles in Santa Lucia. So that's incredible. Maybe if you ever end up there and you see a giant fiberglass snail shell on the wall, you know the story.
1: That's a good story.
0: Thanks. I'm glad it that's wasn't a, a real snail. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But um if you've ever seen the movie which is long, it is worth watching um the interior is just I mean, you can't get better than 1967 interior design, folks. So check it out.
1: That's, that's true. Um, that's a that's a that's a different podcast altogether. though.
0: In, but we should we, maybe place. we should
1: pursue that 1960s hmm. interior design. It, it's worth oh, it.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, just watch Colombo, Christ. All right, so <laughs> slugs is another thing I wanted to plug. It's a book by David Greenberg, illustrated by Victoria Chest. Amazing children's book. Um, we're going to put some links down in the show notes for you so that the you show can notes. follow up because the world is behind on their education of snails and slugs, and we're trying to bring you up to pace because we care about you and we care about SOS, saving our snails.
1: All right, thanks for listening, and don't forget to uh, subscribe and give us a like if you like. Okay, bye, folks.